Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the tailgatesociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods and I'm joined as always by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? Just enjoying the last bit of summer. I saw on like various newsletters that we're reaching that point where it's not going to be light after 8 p.m. I'm very bummed um, because that is the only time it's livable outdoors in Texas right now. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. The weather is kind of similar up here. It's been very hot. Today was okay, but you know, the planet is cooking. We got to do something about this, y'all. It's bad. Corporations especially, like they tell us to do our part, which is good. We should, but like corporations are the one destroying the planet. So um, keep that in mind, people. Uh, We're here to talk about Nope. We're here to talk about Jordan Poole's movie that just came out a few weeks ago, horror film, his third film. Um, We were talking about movies a little bit off mic. I want to throw something at you off script, though, Mm -hmm. if you'll you'll bear with me. The first thing I want to talk about um, is a trailer for a movie called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Did you get a chance to see the trailer? I sure did, because when you texted me, so I, I was doing something where I didn't have my phone, but I saw that you had tweeted about something before I had turned it off. And I must have been, it must have been going and seeing a movie or something. Cause I almost always just am like, I'm looking at my phone. Um, and so I was like, Oh, it's out. And it, it was like your tweet and like other people had like similar reactions where there's like, Oh my God, that I'm like, mm. everyone that I know on black Twitter can't just be like, Oh my God, this thing is so cool. <laughs> and like it not be the Wakanda forever trailer. Um, I'm pumped. It looks dope. Yeah. The last time we spoke together on this platform, we had Ted with us. We were talking about Thor. And at the end of the conversation, we, we brought up black Panther. And I said at the end of that podcast, something to the effect of they have to let Ryan Coogler cook. And if they let Ryan Coogler cook, everything will, to quote the trailer, be all right. And from the looks of it, they did. I have to start by just saying, you know, there was a lot of anxiety, I think, tied to the movie. We talked about it the last time we spoke, and it's not a secret why that is, right? Of course, we we lost Chadwick, and... On a basic level, we just hadn't seen any footage. We hadn't heard about anything, really. And the movie is only coming out in a couple months. And so the fear was that they were withholding footage or a trailer because they weren't happy or they weren't satisfied with the product or they thought that it might be best to put it under the radar to an extent so that people's disappointments wouldn't be too great. And after seeing the trailer, I think it's actually the opposite. I think that they held it back so long because they knew that they had something special. And, you know, Brian Coogler is my guy. I said it on the last podcast. People know that about me. When the trailer dropped, I just, I, I broke down in tears towards the end. You know, it's the, the trailer is designed to evoke a, an emotional response from people. Right. And if you look at the, one of the things that I like to do is look at those like reactions, trailer reactions, on YouTube from, you know, there's a million of those these days. There's a few, there's like a handful that I, of people that I, you know, enjoy their movie criticism and I enjoy what they have to say about pop culture, comic book movies, et cetera. This, it was a different tone. It was a different tone from those people who are reacting to the trailer in the same way that it was a different tone from us, like people tweeting about it and things like that. 
it looks amazing visually, like you said. Um, I'll get into that in a second, but I just, it was very emotional. And we've, I, we've talked about Chadwick's passing multiple times on here and it's hard. And there's the, I'm, I'm not going to get into the recasting thing because we already, we already talked about that, but it is good for us to deal with our emotions. That's what my take is. It's good for us to lean into the fact that we lost someone who meant a lot to us, both in the fictional world and in the real world. And it's okay to, to sit with that and understand that and to process that. And it looks like this is what that movie is going to do. Visually, it just looks stunning. I saw that he, that Ryan Coogler is using a new cinematographer. I saw a tweet about how every cinematographer he's worked with from all of his films have been, have been women. And I'm unprepared because I should have the name of the woman who is, I think it's Autumn something, who is going to be the cinematographer for Wakanda Forever. But it just looks beautiful. What do you think about, what, what, what were your feelings? What were your emotions going through as you were watching it? Well, I went in with some apprehension. Like, I was like, oh, I, and of course, it wasn't like I had seen it without having someone say, hey, watch this. Um, or like, you know, social media and people having like opinions. And so I was just like, okay, I know it's out here. I just need to have like a moment where I like don't, look at other things like it's not the the passive watching that can easily happen um with any content because we're just always like we don't have attention spans and so it's just like oh I got like a message or it's it's not as short as a TikTok I can't like sit through this and focus and so I was like for the first time in a while when I feel like I've watched content like I've watched like a trailer with the intent of just like watching and so um I I felt just like that it was going to be a very like emotionally heavy movie um just from the trailer where I was like oh wow we're we're feeling things and we're not just feeling things in the sense of like um you know the characters are having feelings but it's like oh this is weighty um for sure in regards to Chadwick and then um I don't know it just, it feels like it means more than seeing any other trailer for our Marvel movie because it's like... 100%. And like you you have Kendrick playing and it's just like, yeah, I feel this. Like I feel feelings watching this that aren't just like, ooh, a movie I'm going to go watch. It's like, oh, this is a movie that like, it looks really good. It looks like the story is going to be super cool. And like... I'm mad I didn't see it in a theater. Like, I'm sad that that has not been a trailer, but I keep seeing a trailer for that new James Cameron movie that I'm like, I'm never going to watch this. Show me something I want to see. 100%. And you're speaking to something that I think is really hitting people in that, you know, we have an emotional connection to these characters. And Mm -hmm. I, which isn't to say that we don't to like Thor or you know, Spider-Man, but it's just, it's kind of different. Like this, this, this is just different, especially people um, like ourselves who identify as black and who are so invested in the Black Panther, you know, mythos and the, the, the pop culture moment that happened in 2018 when the movie dropped and, you know, it made over a billion dollars. 
that was a big moment. That was a special moment. And so we're, we're, no, we're emotionally connected to that moment and we're emotionally connected to the character of, of T'Challa as portrayed by Chadwick and the other characters, um, the supporting cast. We're invested emotionally. And the direction that I see from Kugler is just like an understanding of that, a really Mm-hmm. foundational understanding that the audience is connected and invested emotionally in these characters. And so he takes it very seriously. And that's not to say that the movie, I he, if you might've seen the clip of him introducing the cast and the trailer at Comic-Con, which is where the trailer debuted. He talked about how it's a roller coaster of a movie. There's a lot of action in it. There's a lot of emotion in it, obviously. He said there's, some, there's a lot of humor in it. So, you know, it's just the full range of, of the human emotions, the, the human experience, which is like that, especially in the context of when you lose someone that's close to you, that means a lot to you, you know, it's emotional, it's heavy. There's also moments of levity, of, of, of remembering the good times and laughing and, you know, crying. All of those things are, are kind of part of the, the process of when you lose someone. So there isn't really a filmmaker today who is able to portray emotion, human emotion in the way that Kugler is, who Kugler does. And I think, I think of like Creed and, and Fruitvale Station specifically, like he just really knows how to portray what people are feeling. And I'm excited for it. And also just, you know, we, we've talked, you, me, and, and then Ted on the last pod, we talked about, you know, phase four has kind of been subpar. And so they also announced at Comic-Con that this would be the last movie of Phase 4. And so, you know, it's Kugler coming to save the day, as he does. And I just think about some of the stuff. We've had to sit through some mediocre shit. So it's, it's good to finally have something to look forward to that, that appears like it's going to be pretty, pretty solid, pretty good. I agree with that. It's a very strong finish for Marvel um, to have you know, a Black Panther movie be the end of the phase. Um, But I hope that the next phases go better for Marvel. And it feels like the movies are connected in some way and the stories, um, like, keep people's attention. Like, it's very odd that the most popular movie this summer, if you had told me, like, all the movies that did come out this summer, like, these are the movies. Which one's going to like just do so well? I would have thought Thor. Like I would have been like, oh yeah, Thor is going to do better than Top Gun or as well as Top Gun because there is like the older fans of Top Gun, like who are super into it. But then there are people who are like my parents that are like, yeah, why would you do a remake of a, or not a remake? But like, why do you need a sequel? Why does this need to, and aren't there original ideas? And so like, I'm kind of going into the summer thinking that I'm like, all right, Thor is going to be great. And then it's just like, Oh, okay. I liked it, but it just wasn't, it doesn't hit in a way that it needs to. And so hopefully Wakanda forever, um, I think it'll exceed expectations, honestly. Great points. I agree on Top Gun. I agree on Thor. I would have thought Thor was going to be the highest grossing movie, mm-hmm. the most critically beloved, you know, of the superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's been Top Gun, like you said, right? Top Gun is going crazy. There's a reason for it, because it's a good movie. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's military propaganda, but even the people who hate that type of stuff like me, 
it's still, I mean, it's still, it's easily digestible and it's just fun. And it's yeah. a simple plot. It's incredible action. You're connected to the characters. Sometimes simpler is, simpler is better. And shout out to the director. I have to be on my Iowa shit now because the director's from Marshalltown, Iowa. So shout out to <laughs> Joseph Kaczynski. Let's talk about Nope. Let's talk about another summer movie that was expected to do good business. I think it's done relatively well. Certainly not okay. on the... Yeah, not on the budget scale of those other movies anyway. So it's not like it has to make a billion dollars for it to be successful. But Nope is from Jordan Peele, acclaimed horror director. Acclaimed, you know, started off as the on the comedic route with with the show Key and Peele. I think he was on Mad TV before mm-hmm. then. Um, before we talk about the movie, what is your relationship to, to Peele's movies? Have you seen? So the other two movies are Get Out and Us. I've seen Get Out. I still haven't seen Us. What about what? What are your thoughts on his two movies prior to this one? So, Get Out is one of my favorite movies um, that I almost didn't see. I was in grad school and it came out, so I didn't see a lot of movies at the time. And this guy I worked with was like, "Oh, we're going to a movie tonight," and I'm like, "Oh, what's the movie?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Get Out." I'm like, "I don't know what that is," <laughs> and he's like, "Jordan Peele directed it," and I'm like, "Great, Jordan Peele is so funny." great it's gonna be funny we sit down to watch this movie and they're like oh yeah i'm surprised you came to see a horror movie and i'm like i did what um for folks who have listened to culture check before um you know that horror's not really i don't think either of our cup of tea um but we go we we support for the culture that's why we saw Candyman, and that's um why i will see pretty much any jordan peele movie us actually like jammed me up like I watched it and like thinking of I just like could not stop thinking about it because it wasn't necessarily like a commentary on race the way get out is but it's a commentary on society and the way we like push people to the fringes and then they rise up and it's like oh we're doing that like this isn't just like oh this is this movie this is a storyline no that that is happening in real life and people could like get to a place where you push enough people away and you're like, no, you can't be involved in this. And we're going to be like France. We're going to have the guillotine. <laughs> like, like that is so for months I'd like sleep with the light on and the, us jammed me up. Very good movie. Um, yeah. It's funny. Cause like I've, I've read so much about it that I feel like, I mean, I basically know what the plot is. I know how the movie ends and everything like that. I still want to see it eventually. I was also late to get out. I remember the first time I saw a trailer for Get Out, someone shared it on Facebook, which I literally, that's never the first way that I see a trailer ever. So it's kind of weird, but I saw it and I was like, what, Jordan Peele? And doing like, well, I don't know. And then the movie dropped and everyone said how amazing it was. One of those that I just didn't get a chance to see in the theater. Yeah. Uh, It came out, I think, um, you know, when when I had my daughter, the first couple of years, it was just tough to, to, gets movies so i saw it like maybe at least a year after it dropped i I watched it online loved it incredible movie i understood what the hype was about very well made the themes of it were were really really incredible and so jordan peele like you said we support the culture we want black directors to succeed so i knew that i was going to since I missed us, I knew I wanted to see Nope. And also in the context of seeing Get Out so late, like I wanted to make sure 
I didn't wait until Nope was on a streaming service to see it. And you also want to be part of like, you know, the the dialogue, the the discourse about movies like when they're out. So I saw Nope um, a week ago, I believe. And we're recording this on August 10th. So the movie came out a few weeks ago. I saw it like the week after it came out. I had a lot of th- a lot of thoughts about it. I had a it, it's a movie that made me think a lot. And it's a movie that definitely made me think about like what do I like about movies and what do I dislike about movies? Which is perfect for for this concept or for this for this uh conversation because that's usually what we do when we talk about these movies, right? We get into likes and dislikes. Let's start with you. What are what are some of the things that you what were your overall feelings on the movie? And then like let's get into the first like what you liked about it. And when did you see it also? Um, I I think I saw it like a couple of days before you because I had texted you after I saw it because I knew I wanted to talk about it with you. Um and so it was like the weekend it had opened like late in the weekend, I think we saw it. Um and so uh for folks listening who haven't seen nope yet there are spoilers and some of them might not come out in like a spoiler like this is the story it'll be us having thoughts on this movie so thank you for listening uh continue on at your own risk (laughs) nope would not be a movie i would watch again okay um oh i thought kiki palmer was so entertaining yeah i want i think the the problem with nope is i had like an expectation and it did not the reality did not meet the expectation of what the movie was going to be um i try when i like know about movies i try not to watch like the trailers for it because I don't want to see half of the movie in it. And then, like, go into the movie and be like, oh, this is what's happening. And so I, that might be on me being like, oh, it's, it's going to be, I kind of knew it was going to be an alien movie. It was too long. It was too long. Daniel Coolio is, like, underutilized, like... I feel like I can say more bad things about the movie than good. And it's not that the movie is bad. It's that the movie seems very lost once you get to the third act. Okay. It is long. It is a long movie. I think that I agree. It wasn't what I expected. And I'm not, I actually don't even know if that's fair for me to say, because I'm not sure what I was expecting, but there are some parts in the movie where it's like, it goes for like fake out scares. And I'm, I'm thinking about like when, so the plot of the movie, obviously if you're listening this far, you know what the plot of the movie is because you've seen it and you know that we're going to spoil it. But basically it's, you know, this alien being UFO is thought of at first is hovering around this small area in California over the ranch of, um, this guy and his sister, family owned, was owned by their father. Their father dies as a result of the alien being like spinning out, spinning out things that it's eating and freak accident. He dies and then they have to try to save the ranch. And there's a plot line involving a, a child star 
who's trying to buy the former child star, who's trying to buy the ranch, all that stuff. Um, but what I, I, there's to, to that last point. So there's this like feud between the former child stars company and the, the people who are, who's basically trying to buy out Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, who are the, it's um, OJ and even that at the beginning, I was like, all right, OJ. And uh, what is this? What is Kiki Palmer's character's name? Her name is M. Yeah. Short for Emerald. So the, there's like a, a fake out scare part where the people from the other, the people from the child stars, you know, their, their company is like dresses up as aliens. And like, it's, you think it's an actual alien, but it's these kids in disguise type thing, that type of stuff. Like I just wasn't anticipating that. I wasn't anticipating the kind of misdirects that came, which I guess is the point. Cause it's a misdirect, but it just, it, 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 it was a movie that wants you to think it's a movie that want, that has these themes and it wants you to, try to uncover what the themes are and I can understand that and I can appreciate that up to a point it felt like it kind of pushed past that point for me of my tolerance and that's a personal thing because some people would say that's great and I wish it had gone even deeper and blah 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 it's kind of the mystery box thing which I you know your mileage may vary on that and for me I I I don't have a, a an insane amount of time insane amount of insane amount of tolerance for that type of thing and like easter eggs and all this other type of stuff there was stuff i liked about it and i'll, I'll talk about that in a second but um i guess since we're we're starting with the stuff that we didn't like it 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 felt like a person a filmmaker trying to say something but he wasn't sure what he was trying to say and then, or maybe he was sure, but like he, he, Jordan Peele strikes me as the type of guy that's like, well, it means what you think it, whatever you want it to mean. And I'm like, that's fine. But like, it's, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just more superficial as a moviegoer than I thought because I like it to be, I like my plots and my themes to be a, a, just a little bit more concrete. You don't have to lay out everything at my feet. I understand that, but this is a movie that that was trying to make you think, but in a way that I'm not sure if it understood what its core meaning was, if that makes sense. It it does. And it feels like for most of it, it feels like it's definitely like a commentary on like how we're willing to like die just for a picture. Or we just want to like, we just want to be famous or, you know, overnight fame, overnight success. And and it like feels like it's kind of there, but also trying to bring other things into that social commentary. Whereas, so like, um, I don't know, like a week later, a week and a half, I saw the movie Vengeance that makes that same, it's making the same commentary of like, oh, everything is content to be consumed, but until it's not, until it's like, you know what, people are people. We, hold on, our whole lives don't need to be out there. We don't all need to like become famous off of you know whatever's going on like this and and I think that also impacted what I thought of nope in terms of like the theme where I'm like oh this can be like more like concise and succinct where it's like oh yes this is a very terrible thing about 
our society right now is that we're just like, we're so hooked on like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? How can I be like the next TikTok trend and like get a million views? And like both are talking about that same thing. Whereas Nope is like, well, we're going to also have some like aliens. We're going to have like this side story about the child star that doesn't really wrap back into the bigger story. Um, yeah, it almost felt like those two plot lines were like competing with each other. Yeah. And, you know, the the backstory on the former child star who, you know, was uh, on a TV, like on a sitcom that had a chimp and one day the chimp went crazy while they were filming it in front of an audience and the chimp like attacked and might have like killed some of the cast members and... um and then he like grows up and he's like exploiting that, right? He's exploiting that. He's made a career off of that. He talks about it being made fun of on SNL and all this other stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I, that might've been a commentary on like what you were saying, like how thirsty people are for fame and to profit off of fame. It might be a, a commentary. I've read about how people compare the chimp to the alien and like it's, it's a reveal I think I, I maybe towards the end of the second act, the beginning of the third act, that that what they think of as a, what they think is a UFO is actually like an animal, like an alien animal being, and so maybe it's like a commentary on trying to tame th- people or things, animals who shouldn't, who you can't tame, that type mm-hmm. of stuff. I don't know. I but it, to me, it just felt like yeah, it felt kind of shoehorned in to the plot in a way that just, it kind of felt clunky. And I don't know. I think that he, I think he, meaning Jordan Peele, had a lot of ideas that he wanted to throw in there. And I just, I'm not sure if they meshed in the way that he wanted them to, or maybe they did and maybe it's just me, but like for me, it it didn't mesh in the way that, that I wanted to, I guess. Um, yeah. So you you're saying that the the vengeance movie you feel like they had similar things but vengeance like executed it better. Yeah. And whereas vengeance was like a it was a dramedy. Um it was written by written and directed by BJ Novak um who if y'all don't know he wrote for the office. I'm not a fan of the office so I don't I can't be like oh, I'm familiar with what he wrote for the office because I think the office it hits a little too hard. <laughs> And sometimes I'm like, oh, no, this isn't funny. This is real life. Um, And so it's like the story of vengeance is he like gets a call from this girl's brother and he's like, oh, she's died. And he tries to like solve the mystery of her death. And um, it's real. It's like a very interesting movie, but it all really comes back to like that um, commentary on he's trying to become famous off of it. Um, he like is doing a podcast like as he's doing this he was kind of looking for like what's my hook what can I like what can like elevate me to the next level and then it's this like solving the this death because you know everyone loves true crime right now and so he you know he goes through the movie throughout the story he's just like collecting stories from people and talking to everyone and it's becoming this podcast that they're basically the version of NPR on this movie they're getting ready to um like launch it and he is like yeah this is great and I and I thought about nope throughout a lot of it because it's both are kind of like westerny 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Vengeance is set in West Texas. Um, nope, even though it's set in California, it's on a ranch. So it's giving Western vibes and just like solving some type of mystery. So fairly easy to kind of like have those those parallels or make kind of the jump. Um, but then be like, okay, you're both making comments about like how people are behaving and one did it in like an hour and a half and one did it in (laughs) over two hours yeah i'm gonna pick the hour and a half if it's gonna be the same commentary although the downside is with supporting bj novak no longer supporting the culture just supporting another comedian right right i completely identify with you know i i don't know maybe as i've gotten older i just value my time more and so i'm wanting these movies to be a little shorter than they are i'm 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 good on the two hour and 40 minute epics now so no more no more like unless it's something great (laughs) where it's like oh my gosh every minute of this movie is excellent no it doesn't need to be that long you can cut things out and i mean I've never made a movie, so I don't know how hard it is to cut things out. But like, I, I, there are so many like long pauses that it felt like some of the pauses of the movie were really long. Where I'm like, oh my god, make things happen already. A thing that was interesting to me that I think after seeing the movie, it kind of dawned on me that you know it felt like something I had seen before in a way that I didn't like as much. And I'm, I'm talking about the movie Signs, which is a 2002, I believe, M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, kind of similar, takes place on a, on a, in a country home, about a family. This one is uh, a father and his two children and then his brother. And, you know, alien invasion, a lot of it is at night, you know, all it's, this, the aesthetics is, are similar. And, you know, Signs, I think, is a somewhat divisive movie. I think generally it's seen as good, but um, and maybe, I, you know, I was, I was 13 when I saw it and I like loved it. I loved the movie. But it's I don't know, it's it's to me, it was kind of like Jordan Peele's take on that. But it, there's different factors at play. And I, this kind of leads me into the, what I actually liked about the movie, because to me, some of the subtext that I saw was it's a movie about filmmaking and it's a movie that references a lot of movies, right? He's wearing like the Scorpion King hoodie and the ranch is for horses that are in movies. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a showbiz within a showbiz type thing. And so there's a lot of movie references and the whole movie is about them like trying to get the perfect shot. Right. When they they're they're trying to profit off these aliens. And in order, which is in itself is uh, is unique. And I, another thing that I like, because a lot of these movies, they're trying to kill the aliens or they're trying to run from the aliens. And this one, they want to make a profit off the aliens. And in that sense, like that's a commentary in itself. But it's about, you know, they buy all these cameras, this uh, security footage and or security um Uh, software and they're setting up these cameras and it's all about like getting the right shot. And that to me is just like, you know, it's him like putting his obsessiveness as a filmmaker into it's filtering it through that lens, which I actually liked. I I enjoyed that. Um, And then 
um, you know, black filmmaking, black art, America's relationship to black art. And it's, you know, they're the company's shtick is that they are the descendants of the first person who was in a moving picture and a movie was the, the black man on the horse. And, you know, anytime there's that sub subtext about, you know, historical things and even the Western piece of it, where, mm-hmm. you know, this black family in in this Western aesthetic and, you know, kind of the erasure of black people from the American West's mythology, all that is kind of packed in there. The issue is I'm not sure if it if it's grasping any of those like concretely. I think he's kind of just putting it out there, but I don't know if he's like trying to say anything solid with it. So I don't know. I kind of go both ways about it. I think that he was. And the only reason I say this, so it where the theater we saw this movie at is called the Alamo Draft House. Um and before every movie, Alamo does just like they show clips and have things that relate to the movie that's going to play. So like before Marvel movies, they'll do like a, oh, this is what happened in this comic. And here's the backstory of this villain. And here are all these things that are like really in depth where it's like, oh, I wouldn't have known that because I'm never going to read a Thor comic ever. Um, And then like tying it all together before it's like, okay, well now your movie's about to start and it goes into the trailers. And so we got to know early enough that we kind of saw some of them where I'm like, oh, that's really interesting about like the first moving picture was of a black man on a horse um so then it was great when watching the movie and then a lot of the clips before were talking about like the american west and like you know black people and their role there and it's like oh yeah like of course there were like cowboys and um in westerns and and i'm like oh cool so like this is great but again to kind of your point it would have been nice if it had been further grounded into that so that's like yeah i don't need i don't need alamo showing me uh yes this is about this is making a comment on you know we see all these westerns but why don't we see any any people of color even though there were many people of color in the west during like the time period that these movies are supposed to be set as well as when the movies were created there were people of color um and so it, it, it would have been nice to see that more, but it's nice that it's at least acknowledged because I'm sure there are plenty of folks who like grew up watching Westerns and they're like, Oh, I didn't, it would never occur to me that cowboy could be black or Mexican or like not white. And it's like, um, who do you think was working on these ranches? Right. It's so interesting. Cause my mom is like super into Westerns. I grew up watching Westerns with my mom and it's just like all white people in those TV shows and those movies, like all, all white people. And I think that the movie leans into that, especially towards the end where he, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, who's great in the movie. It's a different type of performance from, from him. I was listening to the big picture. Um, shout out to the big picture, my favorite movie podcast. And they were talking about how, you know, his last performance, his last big performance that we know him from was Judas and the black Messiah. He's very charismatic. You know, Fred Hampton was a very charismatic figure, very important figure. And, you know, these loud speeches and, you know, intense and putting his um, putting his emotion and and his heart into these speeches and stuff. And then also like the smaller moments with his uh, with his comrades, with his with his uh, fellow Black Panther members. It's very big, showy performance. 
in this movie, he's very quiet, very understated, mumbles a lot, um, just kind of stone-faced, but kind of emanating seriousness and steadiness. And, you know, he says multiple times, I'm not leaving. Like, this alien is not making me leave this ranch. This is our ranch. We're going to make some money off of this. And, I, you know, I just, I just think it's, it's his, it shows his range as an actor. But they really lean into the, the cowboy aspect of it, the Western aspect of it, because he gets this cowboy moment, like at the end where he's on the horse and he's kind of baiting the alien away from Kiki Palmer. And then we're going to talk about the ending in a second, because I want your opinion on this. But the very one of the last images you see is just like him, like sitting on the horse where it's basically like, oh, he survived and he's on the horse and he's like his it's his like Shane moment or whatever, or like the searchers. Like it's just him at the end. The cowboy is one. And again, it's not usually this black man on a horse that's doing this. It's usually the white dude. So um, I really felt like. Jordan Peele was like leaning into that Western aspect for with giving Daniel Kaluuya like his big cowboy moment at the end there. And to go along with that, so like, you know, let's talk a little bit about the ending. I, I know that you you have in our outline here that you felt like the, the ending was anticlimactic. Uh, do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah. So I think when it came to like the alien piece, so mm-hmm. it's like. I felt like it was very suspenseful. It's like, okay, what? why does the alien only pick these things? What's going on? And then it gets to the part where it's like making that snapping noise, like it's about to like, you know, eat something. And that was just like, okay. Well, this this was sucking things up and destroying them. And now it's just doing this. This is, uh, okay. Um, like it was in like the way they kill it. It was like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. know. It's just like, Oh, okay. Um, like, I think once you get past kind of that big action, I did air quotes action sequence of like, you know, what are we doing? How are we stopping this thing? Um, where it kind of slows down. Like after that, it's fine, but it's just like that, very long part of like oh this is how we get it and this is what we need to do and like it is in the sky and um you know kiki palmer and daniel kaluuya they're like trying to distract it and like they're they are good in that it's more so the alien that is just not she's just not doing it for me well it kind of transforms right it does you think about this being the last big set piece, the climax. And it kind of, I remember sitting in the theater, I'm just like, it looks like a parachute. Yeah. Like in my, like, what is like, I'm not sure what's going on. Like, I know clearly the intent is not for it to be scary. And you think that that's, you know, logically in my mind, I'm like, okay, now it's going to transform into this like scary beast thing. And it's not that it's kind of the opposite of that. And it's this like flowing, like, Again, in my mind, it looked like a, a giant parachute. And I was just kind of like, huh. That was an intentional choice. It's an intentional choice to not make this thing like stereotypically like, okay, you open it up and you see like all the fangs and it's, you know, blood dripping down. And there's a sequence in the movie a few minutes before the end where it's like, it's like spitting out a bunch of blood basically onto the house. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't do that. It, it, it goes in the opposite direction. And I'm just like, I'm not sure why that is. And it, it like that, the appearance changing threw me off so much that it kind of like took me out of the movie. And I'm just trying to decide, okay, why would he do this? Why would he make this thing the antagonist of this whole horror movie? Now it just looks like a giant parachute. I'm not sure why that is. And again, like that just, that's just like a decision-making, I guess the decision-making in the movie is something that I just like questioned a lot. And that's not to say that it wasn't well-made or well-acted or well-shot, but just some of the choices, I guess, is what kind of baffles me. And I also felt like the choice there to make the alien look like that made it anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. I I agree with everything you just said. It's like visually movies. Great. The cast. Great. But then there are things that like take you out of the movie where you're like, what? Why? Oh, yeah, and like, I, again, coming back to the child act, like I spent a lot of the movie being like, when are we going to find out what happened with like distracted from what is happening? Thinking about this other like, can, I, can we tell like there's something happening there? Tell us more. Um, yeah. <laughs> So what would you what would you give this movie uh star rating wise out of five? Five being the best. What would you three? Like it was it was a good movie. Like I I and a friend had asked me about it. They're like, Oh, what did you think of it? And I'm like, I didn't love it. And they're like, Well, you don't have good taste in movies. (laughs) I'm like, okay. So yeah, I don't have great taste in movies. I do know that. Uh I do know that Top Gun was really good. Um, but I um like I know objectively that like it was well done. It's just not for me, which is why I give it three. I would also give it three. I might bump if I'm feeling generous, I'll give it like three and a half. But yeah, there was some stuff, you know, get out to me, for example, like that's a five star movie. Yeah. And so I don't feel like this was less well made then get out but i just feel like it just didn't work for me on the same way that like a movie like get out does i guess yeah where i like want to watch get out every once in a while i'm like oh we should watch get out tonight i don't think that this will be one that i'm like oh let's watch nope i would recommend people see it just because it's very different than a lot of the stuff that's out there right now yeah um it's not something that i probably will i'll probably revisit it eventually but it's not something that I'm like, oh, I really want to go. Like, I'm not going to see it in the theater again. No. Um, whenever I see it again, it'll be like streaming. Um, Top Gun, I wanted, I did want to see it in a movie theater again. I just didn't get a chance to. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that I'm still kind of chewing on. Maybe I'll start to like it more in the future. I don't know. Maybe I'll start to like it even less than I do now. I have no idea, but... Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a movie that's worth discussing at least. So, oh for um, sure. And it's not bad. So there are a lot of bad movies out there. For instance, Bullet Train, which I saw last week, was not <gasps> oh, good. Oh no! I was yeah. gonna go see that one. Not good. Could have been. Could have been good. Oh, could have been good, but it was not. Bodies, bodies, bodies is really good. That's the one I'm interested in. Is that out already? I think it come. Actually, I don't know. I was listening to. Um, into it it's a podcast from vulture and new york magazine and sam sanders hosts it he used to do a show with npr and Mm -hmm. he was like they did a whole episode on a24 and like why people like their movies and like what 
what is going on with it as a as a production company and film distributor and um he was like oh yeah like this one's gonna be very good and i'm like or no he did say it was good and that pete davidson can act and i'm like whoa amazing i'll probably go see that one even though the trailer is like i don't really know what's going on another kind of horror ish movie yeah yeah but it's like also supposed to be a comedy right and so i'm like well i got an almo pass so i'm probably gonna go see it because it'll be two dollars so there you go we're locked in we got a we got a little bit while we got a little while longer before um, you know, in the in the fall, they have the the Oscar type movies are going to come out. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how that goes. And then obviously the next Marvel movies, Black Panther, which we will certainly be talking about um, on here when that comes out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We're kind of in a an, an odd period right now in terms of. I think the last big movie. I don't know. Bullet Train certainly was was set up to be a big movie, not like a Marvel type big movie, but. Um, I don't know. I need to check the calendar. We'll see. We'll see what's coming and um, whatever it is, we'll 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 decide if it's worth covering or not. And if we decide that it is, you're going to hear us on mic again. It's true. But thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you all again for sure when Wakanda Forever comes out, but maybe sometime in between now and then. 100%. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>